Welcome to That 80s Show. It's your one hour a week where we go back to 10 years of the best music, movies, clothing, and Jason Bateman. How are you, Dory? I'm good, Paolo. Obviously, you watched that link I sent you. Right. So, Dory and I are back after a week. We took a week for, for, for Easter things. Eastering things in South Africa. It is, uh, I think, most places around the world, most Christian countries, it is a long weekend. So we were off last week. It gave us a chance to recharge those 80s batteries. You couldn't recharge batteries in the 80s. You just threw them away. No. No, no recharge. There were no recyclable batteries. Um, and we gathered Oh, my up. goodness. I went through so many batteries for my little yellow Sony Walkman. But they used to eat batteries. Oh, my God. Like, You're th- they were so merciless. Many. Uh, the Yellow Walkman and that game Simon. Oh. Remember the game Simon? No, but that, batteries were cheaper back then, though. To be fair, they were. No, they were. Dory, did you ever need eight double A batteries for a Nintendo Game Boy that only lasted a week in my hands? No. Okay, that, that's <laughs> in your hands. In my hands, that's not cheap. That's not cheap. Um, so, Dory. Late change to the running order. Uh, Jason mm. Bateman, of course. I haven't watched the movie Air yet. I thought that that might be your movie this week. I thought, I, I know what you're going to do. I know. No? No. no. I, Air nor mm-hmm. Tetris. Air nor Tetris. I know, but I don't think Tetris is out yet. It is. Is Tetris it is. out? It is. It's on Apple TV. Oh, mm. I don't have Apple TV. Yeah. But okay. Okay. Oh, re- I'm really keen to watch Tetris. Wait, wait. You want to watch Tetris and not Air with Jason Bateman? It's not a. It's not about J Bay. I mean, that being said, I do feel less love for him after the link that I sent you, which we will discuss. But um, <laughs> only a little bit less love. But uh, no, I just you know I'm not. A, I'm not into sport, and I know it's not going to be a sport movie. No, I'll watch it, but I'm much more excited to watch Tetris. I think right. Tetris is going to be an amazing movie. All right, so watch none of those. But what we did watch was Jason okay. Bateman was on Jimmy Kimmel uh, two weeks back. So just ahead of the release of the movie. Well, Dory said something very interesting that she has less love for him after watching it. Now, Dory, I've been in a bit of a Jason Bateman. Um, I don't want to. I was going to say the word whole, but I'm going to pull back on saying it <laughs> because I'm rewatching Arrested Development. Uh, the good one. Oh. The originals. Oh, I am. Um- so keen to rewatch Arrested Development. I want to show it to my kid from season one. Yeah. We just haven't got around to it yet, but it is absolutely on the to-do list. Right. So I'm rewatching Arrested Development. Um, Obviously from season one, because season one is one of the greatest. That's it. From season one, yeah. I'm not even going to get uh-huh. into the, the re-releases that Netflix did, which just everyone hated. I don't even know. Oh, no, 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 no. They were terrible. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so I'm very much in a I'm in a J Bay world. I'm very much in J Bay's world right now. And me too, because because let me tell you quickly. I mean, apart from the fact that I listen to Smartless a lot, which is his podcast. I need to. I, need I listen to. to it a lot. Um, there was a. Did you listen to the Keanu Reeves episode? Because it is fantastic. I don't listen to Smartless. So you don't listen to smartless. How's oh my the, God! So, so for people who may not know, in my day job, I promote podcasts, right? I mean, I make podcasts, I promote yeah. podcasts, and I go and I do presentations to 
creative agencies, oh. media agencies about podcasts. And I often show them charts of podcasts just to yeah. say, like, these are the trends and true crime is huge in America, not as massive here, blah, blah, blah. Just kind of show them. And um, oh. I, I always recommend, I say, listen, you're going to see something there kind of breaks the mold is Smartless. And I tell oh. them, you've got to listen to it. I don't even take my own advice. I don't, I'm terrible. Um, I'm terrible. Will on it as there's a, there's a recent episode that they did. They spoke to Keanu Reeves. I I mean, we all love Keanu for the person he is, but I've never really thought that he's a really particularly interesting individual or a particularly good actor. But he really won me over in the interview. He is a very interesting person. And he, he really does have a personality. It might not come across when he acts. But <laughs> it was great. It was great. Now, honestly, you've got to listen to Smartless. The other reason J-Bay has been in my world the last few weeks is over the Easter weekend, Paolo, I binged a series on Showmax called The Outsider. Okay. Which uh -huh. is a Stephen King horror oh. series. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes, I have seen that. J-Bay... Is, is in it. Unfortunately, he's not in it very long. No. He's, he's, he is not in it very long. No. But he is in it. Um, I want to say <laughs> it was, without spoiling, it was Parallel Universes mm. or Twins. Or oh, maybe I've spoiled it. Uh, hey, was was it like, uh, was it Multiverses uh, or Twins? I know no, no. J-Bays. <laughs> yes. Yes, okay. But you're wrong. Okay. You're wrong uh, on what it was. It got me in because it was Jason Bateman. And then I Yeah. So, so yes. Okay. So you so you and I are in Jason I watched Bateman. The whole thing. We're in Jason Bateman's world. So right in that hole. Okay, right. <laughs> <laughs> no uh, but uh, God damn it, Dory. Okay. <laughs> I try to avoid saying that. So he shows up on Jimmy Kimmel. And now Jason Bateman yes. is one of those guys who acts like he is. So he's either, he's just always Jason Bateman. That's just how he always acts. He's neurotic. But on Jimmy Kimmel, he's like <laughs> really, his real personality comes up. Yeah. He's so funny. Yes. I, I can't he understand. so funny. So he comes out, we spoke a few weeks ago, if you've seen the trailer for Air, um, he's got long 80s hair and he's still got it. And they still comment. I don't like long haired Jason Bateman. You liked that. I like me. I can I can move with long hair Jason Bateman. Clearly, his wife likes it too. He mentions that on the show. Yeah, but I I, I kind of like it. Oh no, I like like just messy everywhere, like eighties hair, L'Oreal kind of like the Pebra's hair gel. He has longish hair in the outsider as well. It's yes. the same hair. He does. It's the mm. same hair. Um, but uh -huh. they come in and they talk about so they talk about how Jimmy Kimmel loves eighties music. I didn't know that. Now I like mm. Jimmy Kimmel. Um, and the river exactly right. I don't. I don't know. That. I don't know. They don't know. We don't know that. And um, like a, he, like a huge eighties music fan. Huge. Here's the thing: Jason Bateman questions him and pushes him on oh. his reverence of the eighties. Where Jimmy Kimmel says, <laughs> "You not loving the eighties is like Pac-Man." coming out and saying he hates the 80s. <laughs> it's like, He's like, it's the decade that made you. <laughs> oh my God. So, uh, but, but so many nice little references talk about Teen Wolf. Um, that that just, uh, his wife wants him to. It was very funny. They mentioned cocaine jokes. Very funny. Valerie and the Hogan family. 
I mean, for goodness sake. So, I mean, I wanted to mention it to you a few weeks ago about Valerie and the Hogan family. Now, as I remember it, is that there was the, which came first, Valerie or the Hogan family? Because then they had a fallout or something. No, it it was this, it's so, it was the same it was the same sitcom. the The intro was even the same, and they used quite a well known song in the intro, right? It's the theme music. Uh-huh. And but somewhere there was a fallout with the Valerie character, and then they killed her off, or moved her off, or sidelined her, or she disappeared, and then it became broader. The Hogan family, um, and Jason Bateman was in that. Uh, he was also in Little House. I don't even remember. Yeah. I don't even remember that. I mean, I, I remember ex- its existence, but I don't remember anything else about it. I don't remember that he was in it. Yeah, he was in that. He's, I right. always think he was in the show that his sister was in. I don't know why. I was like, yes, Family Ties. Family Ties. I'm like, there's no way Michael also J. Fox. I always think he's on Family Ties. No, but then you go, there's no <laughs> way Michael J. Fox and Jason Bateman would have been in the same sitcom together in the 80s. Your TV tube. The tube in your TV. You'd still be able to. You, did your tube ever blow in your, your in one of your TVs? Yes. No, it, yes. That was, that was a huge. Listen, kids. So sad. That was a so huge sad. thing in the 80s. The tube. Because now, now you know YouTube, right? There was literally yeah. a tube in your TV, right? It was a <laughs> tube. We saw the guy came to fix it the one day. It was a literal tube. And it was yeah. quite a common occurrence in 80s households that your tube blows. Now, if your tube blows in the middle of A-Team or, or Airwolf, like, oh, my God, like, Jesus Christ, what an immersive experience. <laughs> so many graphics. <laughs> so many graphics. And then you're like, but where's Stringfellow Hall? Oh, wait. <laughs> what happened? <laughs> where's Airwolf? And then, oh my God, the days! Oh, I can't watch TV. That my tube. There's no tube blowing in there. Oh, luckily we've got the small little black and white TV in the kitchen. But what's this? This black and white TV. This is not even noir. What the fuck's going on? Um, so it was a real problem. Um, but that wasn't Bro. Michael J. Fox and Jason Bateman. So Dory, so much love. Um, for I loved it. I thought Jason Bateman was hilarious. No. His comic timing is so no, it's, good. It's great. Why do you it's have great. Well, because he doesn't love the 80s. That's all. Do you think he doesn't love the 80s? It's a little less love. He he, he, he just seemed a bit jaded about the 80s. And I was like, no, you can't be that guy. you got to love the 80s. But I, I, I had more love for Jimmy Kim. So maybe I just took a little bit of love away from J-Bay and put it onto Jimmy. Just a touch in that interview. I think maybe he just didn't remember the 80s. He was partying hard. Because he was so drugged up and he partying, yeah. He heartthrob. He was a teen heartthrob. But you see, as funny as he is on there, dude, that's how he is on Smartless. You've got to listen. I know. Listen to the Keanu Reeves episode. Do yourself a favor. I've got to get into it. You know, it's one thing I thought about Jason Bateman is how goddamn rich he must be. Compound interest since the 80s. Yo. Can you imagine? And he, he strikes me as the kind of person who, like, once he got clean and sober, looked after his money. He, you know, didn't do stupid things. Because he didn't have, like, a high, high profile um, miscreant youth, but he had quite a miscreant youth. No, he, he, he speaks about it on Smartless. He, okay. he, he was a, he had a problem. He had problems. Yeah. You know? You know but what? he's I'm, certainly come back from, you know, he's like vegan now. He's like yeah. super, super healthy. You saw how he looked on the show. He looks, he, he's 54. He looks amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I, you know, it was one thing, uh, one thing, actually, 
ties into something I wanted to talk about this week as well. So Rob Lowe, oh. um, his show with his son uh, on Netflix, Unstable, yes. is out, and we've had our conversation yes. about that. But less so about that. I was wondering, would Rob Lowe, his career, because now 1988, Rob Lowe, Brat Pack, Superstar, Miscreant Youth, okay, they, 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 all, they all dabbled, they all had problems. Rob Lowe um, had a videotape came out and he filmed yes. the first sex tape with, oh. with two women, right? And yes, one, one of, turned out to be underage. She was underage, just 16 yes. years old. And then but he claims he didn't know. He, so he says he didn't know, okay. Uh, and uh, he he was 20 or 21? Listen, it's still. Like, he was 24 oh, okay. or 25. Okay. All right. Listen, and then the yeah. other girl was 21 and then the one was 16, but she said that she was 21 or something. I don't know. Right. Yeah. Here I am sitting watching. I went down a Rob, a Rob Lowe rabbit hole as well recently. There you go. Because right. of Unstable, actually. Because of Unstable. Now. Have you watched it? I haven't watched it. I can't. I can't. The son, his son freaks me out. <laughs> it's it's okay it's okay that's what i'm going to say about it it's okay that's 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 what i've heard that's what i've heard and and yeah. i'm very i'm listen yeah. i'm very much in jason bateman land right i'm 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 team yeah. bateman right now Let's get back to bateman. Yeah, maybe right. i'll get into rob i don't know maybe i'll put unstable on in the background but i was thinking how the hell did rob lowe get away with that Without being cancelled, and listen, <laughs> we all talk about cancel culture, and it's yeah. a lot of it is ridiculous, right? But Rob Lowe, you're going, my God, guy, you did that. You had sex with a oh. minor. You there is very oh. much proof of it. And there was uh, a a payment, a payment made to the family, right? To avoid prosecution, even worse. even worse, absolutely. I mean, today that would just be horrific. Like, look, it wouldn't. It wouldn't fly today, but back then, it was like, I mean, okay. you know, he was so pretty and everybody loved him and there was just like, oh, same. Okay, so that's the moral of the story. If you're pretty <laughs> and everyone loves you, you can do whatever pretty, you want. Pretty privilege. Pretty privilege is a thing. Did and he was the prettiest in the 80s. He really was. Listen, I mean. Still he, pretty. He's no. still pretty. He's 59 years old. 59, dude. He's look at how he looks. He's suave and debonair now. He was pretty he in was. the 80s. I yes. don't think I don't think you can call he's like still pretty. I don't think you can call a man in his 50s pretty. He's prettier than his son. But oh, we've been we've there. discussed it. We've been there, right? <laughs> we still would like to interview Sorry. Rob Lowe, so we decided we're just gonna yeah. <laughs> pull back pull back on criticizing his his loins. The fruit of his loin. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah, shame. This, this, the He's an okay actor. The son, like okay. he's okay. Okay. Um, did did Rob Lowe after that sex lies and videotape? It was a movie, and he was wow. hit, right. Or was yes. it? Just, he did. Yes. He made a movie about it. That's how cocky he. He was. literally did that. Exactly. That's how cocky he was. I mean, my God, it's like you're talking about. Uh, uh I don't know. I just don't know how. And listen, I'm glad because. People. No, dude, do you know how cocky he was? Shit. There is was there in the in the eighties there was the roast of Rob Lowe. Okay. This, right. this is I found this in my rabbit hole. There, there was a, the roast of Rob Lowe, which I'm dying to find and watch, because I'm sure it's amazing. They made a promo for it on Comedy Central, um, or whatever channel it was. Um I think it might have been. Um they did a promo for it and they actually did like a Teenage girl 
thing in the promo. I'll, I'll find it and I'll post it. And it's really funny. And it's like, oh, that's oh, so you never poked fun at it, even. That's how cocky you are. You see. But uh. I think the lesson, more so than if you're pretty, you can do things, is that uh. people are allowed to make mistakes in their 20s and not be crucified because uh. we're all fucking stupid in, in our 20s. And I think... Well, you used to be able to. Now, there's yeah. no free passes. Yeah. Yeah. Which, unfair. But then yeah. we probably wouldn't have Rob Lowe's weird looking son. Anyway, let's just move <laughs> on to... <laughs> uh, 35 years ago, uh, they released yes. Beetlejuice. 1988, Beetlejuice came out. Um, and the always brilliant Cracked, uh, my favorite website... Yeah. I don't read New York Times. I don't read Washington Post. I don't I oh. read Cracked. Okay. <laughs> That's yes. where I get my information it's, from. It's worth reading. I mean it has great it has great information. Some of the key articles are in this week's uh, on on today's uh, Cracked uh, website, it's been thirty years since Samuel L. Jackson was in a dumbass lethal weapon spoof. Um Ray Romano mm. gaslit into accepting the name Everyone Loves Raymond. And the guy playing Marvel's Hercules somehow doesn't know he's a sex symbol. This is the content that resonates with me. Well, this is, this is yes. culture. This is what I want to watch. It's what I want to know. Mm. So, uh, there is an article here, 35 trivia tidbits, 35 factoids about Beetlejuice for its 35th anniversary. I'm not going to go through all of them. I'm just going to pick out the ones that are really no. interesting. Right? Cool. Yes. So obviously Beetlejuice, spoiler alert if you don't know, um, Alec Baldwin and Gina Davis, they're a couple and they die and they end up in, was it hell? Where was Beetlejuice? In purgatory type of thing. Purgatory, yeah, purgatory. I don't think we need to give spoiler alerts for Beetlejuice. Okay. It's been long enough. You think it's fair? I mean, come on. I don't know. So they they end up and um, they find Beetlejuice and he just pops up and it's quite comedic. In the original, okay, Beetlejuice would have had leather wings like a demon dragon and he would have literally tried to murder the Dietz family and sexually assault Lydia before tearing her apart. This is how Beetlejuice was going to open. Okay. Okay. Very different movie. One of the famous scenes is when you have Beetlejuice sitting on the couch with the half lady. Remember her? Yes. Right. Oh my God. And the he, best. He he fills up the legs part of it. You know, the the torso is sitting on one yeah. side, the legs sitting in the other half. Um, and those legs belong to Tim Burton's girlfriend at the time. Uh, she was the mystery legs. Um, okay. Yep. She was the the the, the they had that picturesque town that they were like in. Uh, found that town. Yes. Postcard. It's a postcard town. It was a postcard huh. town. Uh, Beetlejuice was almost Middle Eastern. What? Yep. He was almost Middle Eastern. He would have been a stocky Middle Eastern man for some inexplicable reason. (laughs) Weird. Uh, Winona Ryder, uh, she was so young, so young when she was in Beetlejuice. She got bullied at school and they said she was a witch. They said she was part of the occult satanic panic. I mean, I would personally take that as a compliment, but you know. Yeah, you don't, don't you don't know what uh, Winona Ryder felt at the time, and uh, her. This whole, is the only movie I like her in. Remember, remember, I don't like yes. Winona, but except in this movie. I'll, also, I don't yes. know. I, I like her connection to the '80s, but I'm not the biggest fan of hers. Um, her, her character obviously quite gothic. They got the inspiration for her from going to a Cure concert. Uh, 
Uh, and they just looked around and, and all the young girls at the Cure concert and said, that's a great look. <laughs> that's what you're going to look like. <laughs> that makes sense. That makes um, sense. In the original ending, she died in a fire. Her character died in a fire. Um, I know. Because she didn't die, hey? She didn't no, die. No, she doesn't know. No, nobody does. Um, she was almost, the character well, was almost played by Alyssa Milano instead of Winona Ryder. I mean, who knows? Might have been good. You love Alyssa Milano. Could we see Alyssa Milano being gothy, though? Maybe not. Because um, Winona Ryder is a little bit gothier adjacent. Alyssa Milano was fresh-faced, girl next door, prom queen, where Winona Ryder was like the really intense, cool girl, but like bookish. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) She probably would. Um, Alec Baldwin was worried that it might tank his career. But it didn't. Uh, so no, he, 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 he told GQ that he was positive that the film would be disastrous. And uh, when we did Beetlejuice, really? I had no idea what it was about. I thought all our careers are going to end with the release of this film. Maybe we're all going to be dead. Uh, Sammy Davis Jr. was almost going to star Sammy Davis Jr. Uh, Michael Keaton didn't get the concept of the movie either. He was on Charlie Rose. Really? I just didn't get it. I just didn't understand what this movie was about. <laughs> But I'm trying to remember, was it a hit at the time or did it become a cult classic later? Like most of the movies that I speak about on this show. Uh, I'm wondering if it was a hit at the time. Yeah, no. I can't remember. No, it was a hit. It was a hit. I remember, I mean, I was about eight or nine years old. Um, So, I mean, at the time we couldn't, they were super strict at cinemas. Like now you can kind of get into movies. They were super strict at cinemas. Actually, then you could get into music. What I'm talking about, <laughs> they, um, and so oh. v- movies took a very long time to come out on video here. And so, yeah, like, on ninth or tenth birthday party, you'd have like a video party. You'd like your friends come watch a movie. Yes, and I remember a lot of people having Beetlejuice. A lot. For, okay. For a long time, we watched Beetlejuice. Um, cool. Yeah. And then, as we know, there was meant to be a sequel uh, set in Hawaii. Uh, Tim Burton didn't want to do it. Tim Burton notoriously doesn't do sequels. It's just he's once off. And uh, they, yes. they developed a second Beetlejuice set in Hawaii, evil Hawaii, bizarro Hawaii. And uh-uh. Then, but Michael Keaton said that even though he knew that a sequel probably never happened, it's the one movie, it's the only film I ever mentioned going back 15, 20 years ago where I said, that one I'd like to try and do again. I really enjoyed it and no one ever did anything about it. Hmm. Are we going to, are we finally going to see a second Beetlejuice? I mean, Michael Keaton's back (sighs) in Batman. He's back in Batman. I mean, it would have to be 100% Tim Burton. Like it would have to be. There's no, there's no, there's no way Tim Burton. Really? It would have to be. I mean, Winona Ryder's having her moment again. Deo could be up the charts. We don't know. I mean, it's they got. I feel they got to jump on the '80s nostalgia while it's there because, you know, listen, we, we're gonna. They could set it in the '80s and then and then it might work. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if they could do like, but I suppose everyone's older now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, Beetlejuice makeup, like you, you can make him look like he never aged. And make Michael Keaton look like he never aged. Yeah, but the rest of them, unless it's going to be different people. Yeah, 
Yeah, I think they got to jump on that '80s bandwagon while 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 mainstream still gets it. You know, yeah, we're niche. It's nostalgia. People love the '80s, but mainstream, you got to jump on that while while Stranger Things are still doing good things for us. Uh, yeah, brings us nicely in to movie time. Perfect. Dory, each week one of us, each week we watch a movie, a TV show, a recommendation. We say, hey, watch this, don't watch this, remember this, or here's the reason no one remembers this. Dory, (laughs) what do you have for us? Um, I kind of have two movies in one because I watched a movie over the Easter weekend that is a sequel and had 80s things in it, but then the original also had 80s things in it, and I was like, well, I need to talk about both. I'm not even going to tease it. I'm talking about the movies Sing and Sing 2. Sing and Sing 2. Have you watched them? I've yes, watched. they are animated. I've watched animated the first movies. one. I think I would have okay. watched the first one, and when the second one came out, my daughter wasn't into animation movies anymore, so that's probably why I wouldn't have watched it. How do you not be into animation? I'm still into animation movies. My, my, what? My daughter, so we figured out... That so she doesn't like movies. Like she she can't get into movies. She loves oh. she'll watch a series. Um, she loves mm. the Goldbergs. Goldberg said in the eighties. She loves the Goldbergs. She likes sitcoms and okay. she likes binging, but she does not like movies. Okay. So we figured out she likes action movies because she loved Top Gun Maverick. So she likes action movies. <laughs> she did. even wow even the Mandalorian, right? So the Mandalorian's got Grogu. Everyone loves Grogu, cutest character. I mean, that's going to make Disney money for the next fifty years. She's like, this show really is just a lot of walking around in spaceships flying. <laughs> they don't ever really do everything. She's like, they make you. Watch. I've never watched it, but I think that's funny. She's like. They yeah. walk for 10 minutes, they fly for five, there's Grogu does something cute, then they get back in the plane, the ship, and they fly again. <laughs> I don't like this. <laughs> but So she wants action. So she's fast. I think Fast and Furious is going to be right up her alley. That's what I think she likes. Have you shown her the A-team yet? I could, I could do that. I could do that. But I think I think that might go down quite well from the sounds of things. It, the it's 80s, funny. It's actually set in the eighties. It's too long for yes, her. It's too long for her. Uh, yeah. So anyway, she's okay. She's, what are we talking like? Twenty-five minutes, eh? Yeah, I think that's it. So sing one and sing two. Okay, that's that's so true. sing one and sing two. Yeah. They're they're really sweet little animated movies. The the second one we we were a bit nervous. We were like, oh, the sequel it's going to be shitty. It's not shitty at all. It's actually very good. Um, especially as sequels go, it's a great sequel actually. But the soundtrack, it's a bit of a mixed bag, the soundtrack, but in the first in the first movie, there are quite a few, and I mean, they actually are, for me, obviously, the best souls in the movie. They do Under Pressure, David Bowie Queen. They do I'm Still Standing, which is um, the, 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 the actor is Taron Egerton, who played oh, Elton yeah. John okay, in yeah. the Elton John movie. Yes. And his he the character he plays sings I'm still standing and it is just it's perfect. It's does, really perfect. Does he voice the big gorilla? Yes. Yeah. That's him. The big gorilla. Yes. And it's very cool. It's very cool. There's also um Bombaleo by the Gypsy Kings, also from the eighties. Venus, um, which was remade in the eighties by Bernardo Rama. It is actually originally from the sixties. Yes. And it's just it's a really sweet film. There's some eighties stuff in it. It's really cool. And then I thought, okay, well, they're not going to do 80s stuff again for the sequel. 
Boy, was I wrong. Boy, was I wrong. I'm going to not give you spoilers because you haven't watched it. But I don't know if you are going to. The main thing about the sequel is that they have to get this reclusive singer to come and be part of a show. The reclusive singer is voiced by Bono and sings U2 songs. That is ridiculous. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds ridiculous, right? It totally works. I have to tell you, it totally works. Um, There's more Elton John, actually. They sing Goodbye Yellow Brick Road, which I think is actually a 70s Elton John song. Yeah. um, In Sing 2. But then, so they have Where the Streets Have No Name by U2. They have, uh, I can't even remember, there was a couple of other YouTube songs. Oh, I still haven't found what I'm looking for. I, I didn't even realize at first that it's actually Bonner doing the the character because, because that, it doesn't sound like him at all. That's what I want to ask you, right? So does he sing it? So when he sings a song, you go, does he sing it in the style of the original song? Or does he like it, does he put on a character voice? Is it a little bit different? So because you said you didn't identify him as Bono straight away. I didn't identify him. So it's a little bit like he's putting on a character. Okay. But I mean, the songs sound the song the songs are the songs. They really are. And it's cool because I mean, it, okay. The one thing is, you know, I'm I'm not a big fan of you two, and, and I'm especially not a big fan of Bono. I think he's way too arrogant, and that's my only complaint is that they build this character to be this like amazing best singer in the world type person. And I was like, oh my god, this is just feeding into the whole arrogance and you know pomp about you two and Bono. But it's still cool. It's still cool. There's some break dancing in Sing Two. Quite a bit of break dancing, which is mm-hmm. cool. It's it's cool. Watch it. Yeah, that's fun stuff. So it's, uh, just little mentions, little mentions. The two the two films got some good nods to the eighties and the two of them. I do enjoy that. Um, when you said Alton John, quite a few Alton John songs because I know he was involved in that. It was Gnomeo and Juliet? Was it that? Oh God, Gnomeo and Juliet. I think it still says it's Gnomeo. It's not Gnomeo. It's Gnomeo. I know. As I said that, I was the like, G is silent. I know. The G is silent. I know. As I said that, I was like, "Why did I say that? <laughs> What's wrong with me? I have an English degree. Why would I say the silent G? What's wrong with me?" Because <laughs> maybe you thought, "Well, the original is Romeo, but it's Romeo." <laughs> no, I don't know why I said that. Like, honest, honestly, honestly, <laughs> God damn it. Anyway, <laughs> um, because Alton John. Uh, produced that he was he was involved in uh, no yeah Juliet, yeah, so. yeah yeah so they had oh, a well, I mean that was just full of Elton John songs it was the only, whole thing was Elton John only song. Elton John song yes I think even that voiced, was a great film actually I think even voiced a character I think there was even a little Elton John ish character oh um it's in, entirely possible I don't remember it's been a while since I've watched that one but it's good in it's one a good one all right so that that's some good stuff and you know what like movies like that it's just good to sing along you kind of like have it going, you have the movie, the song comes, oh God, I love this movie, that's so fantastic. I don't I don't hate on Bono like everyone else does. It's become, I think since you two forced their album onto everyone's phones, everyone's yeah. phones a few years yes. ago, like since th- that was kind of the intersection, but the two best concerts I've ever been to, well, the two best concerts wow. other than AHA that I've ever been to in my life. And I mean, we're talking Rob uh-huh. Williams, I mean, it was U2. Their two concerts were the best concerts. I, 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 I don't hate on U2, so I don't have that. And f- let Bono be arrogant. I don't give a shit. He wants to save the world. I mean, it's like goes, oh, uh, 
people of Bono's generation don't do enough. They damage the earth. He tries to do it and he's quite like proud of himself about mm. doing it. Oh, well, Bono, you can't be proud of saving the world. Like, I don't quite understand the narrative against him and you too. I don't I, Don't fuck with people's <laughs> iPhones. I think that's the moral of that particular story. I don't get what people... Paolo, were you at the office when Bono was there at our previous job where we worked together? Were you there was... the day that Bono arrived? Well, let's put that into context. I was at the office. <laughs> you should have said, were you sequestered to a various a pig pen where nobody was allowed moving out of? <laughs> um, I think is more apt. <laughs> am, am I right? No, I mean, I just remember, oh, you, I mean, you, everybody you, was so excited that Bono were, was coming. You were okay? on the floor where the studios were. Okay, so Dory, yes. tell your yes. boss. Dory was very excited because we both worked at a radio station. The radio station we're at were media partners for a U2 concert. So U2 actually came to the studio, and that's very rare because normally they stay. I, I remember it only being Bono. I don't know if the rest of them were there. They were I think there. it was just him. No, it was at, were at, they? Least, at least him and the edge. It was definitely him and the edge. They were, oh, my God. I don't even remember and, that. And that's rare because normally what they do is they stay in their hotel room, and you've now got to come to them. And for a lot of reasons, I mean, yeah. security, like I get it, like I don't think that's bad, but um, so yeah. Yeah, Bono came to the studio for his interview. And, and I mean, I think I wasn't, I already wasn't such a big fan then because I I remember not being as excited as everyone else, but it was insane because the entire staff lined up yeah. outside the studio on both sides so that like when he walked through, it was like a procession that he walked through and he was like, waving at people and shaking some people's hands and and i mean i remember my colleague lynn she was the biggest fan she was like she was like one centimeter away from screaming and fainting because she was so excited so she would not let him get away with just walking past her she like kind of you know stepped in front of him and was like i love you the whole thing and i just remember looking at this going ugh, and i just went back to my desk because i was just not interested and it was so ridiculous. It was actually ridiculous. The the only other time I saw a clamor similar, and I'm not saying mm. which one was bigger, they were similar, was the day <laughs> yes. Nelson Mandela was at the studio. That was exactly. the only other time. I, I think I when saw. Nelson Mandela came, it was not even not even as much excitement. No, because not even as much excitement. The honestly. Bono thing. So you still worked on the floor where the um, listen. This is great podcasting because we're talking about things that happened to us. But we think it's kind of interesting. You still worked on the floor that uh, <laughs> the studios were on. Yeah. I worked on a different floor. Yeah, people who weren't on the yeah. studio floor, we weren't allowed leaving our floor for security reasons. We yeah. had to stay on our floor for. <laughs> Yeah. Until he left. When Mandela was there, we could just move around freely. Um, and yes. one of our colleagues also took a photo of, um, he somehow got a photo with Bono. Not until like the birth of a second or third child did he replace his WhatsApp profile picture with the Bono <laughs> one with him and his children. <laughs> Not even for the first child. <laughs> Not even for the first child. It was at least on the second. Okay. After the show, you'll tell me which colleague this was because I'm sure you're not going to name him, but I want to know who it is. <laughs> I will not name, but uh, so people, so see, see, people, we just told stories about no. how much people love Bono. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, it's great. So anyway. that's Dory's movie recommendation Sing One and Sing Two. And the which reason. Which are both on Showmax? Yes. Easy to see if you've got Showmax. Yes. I've seen them there. Uh, the reason I mentioned The Big Gorilla is because my right. movie this week is also Ape related i never know what's a monkey okay 
monkeys are smaller. And the ape is the big thing, and the monkeys are the small things. Right, apes are bigger, right? So uh, in 1981, you know, do you remember the TV show? It was so culturally impactful called um, Taxi. Did it ever show in South Africa? I don't know. I've never watched an episode. I know of its existence. Yeah. It, it was wasn't that the show that launched Danny DeVito's career. Well, so here is the 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 people that were in Taxi, right? Christopher Lloyd, wow. right? Listen, mm. uh, mm-hmm. spoiler alert, because the best meme I've seen in ages. Christopher Lloyd is in this week's episode of Mandalorian, right? He's been teasing it for weeks. His his Twitter's the best. Um, he's shows up in the Mandalorian, and there's a meme going around this week. Christopher Lloyd in the Mandalorian. Christopher Lloyd. So the picture of him from his scene in The Mandalorian. Yeah. And then him from Back to the Future, Christopher Lloyd, a man in a DeLorean. Hilarious. Best, best meme I've seen. <laughs> Very funny. Like he even posted it. Um, so Christopher Lloyd was in it. Uh, Danny DeVito was in it. Um, oh, the dude who played Dear John, that guy. Anyway, he was in it. Um, Judd Hirsch. Judd Hirsch. Andy Kaufman mm-hmm. was in it. Andy Kaufman was mm-hmm. in it. And a very, very young Tony Danza was in it. Right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. And there were taxi drivers. And I know it was a huge thing, but I think it was big in America. I mean, TV only came, yeah, 1976 or something, I think. Um, Yes. So I don't think it would have shown live here. I think it may have shown in reruns and not been, I don't remember it being massive in South Africa. But anyway, it launched some great careers. And uh, somebody along the line said, listen, yeah, you've got Danny DeVito and uh, Tony Danza. Massive stars, let's put them in a movie together. Now, there was a thing in the 80s, uh, they did it in Brewster's Millions, they did it a couple of times, where somebody, uh, a rich somebody dies, leaves his fortune to somebody, but on condition that they complete a task, right? So Brewster's Millions, he he was going to get X amount of money, but he had to spend a certain amount of money in a month. So Um. in my movie... Tony Danza it comes from a circus family, and his uh, father, very rich, runs this massive circus. Uh, he leaves the circus. He doesn't want to be involved in it. He's, he's out of there. And um, he kind of goes rogue. And when the father dies, despite having multiple um, kids, he leaves the entire fortune to Tony Danza on condition that Tony Danza looks after his beloved orangutans. <laughs> How wait, plural, how many are there? There are three. Okay. Okay. He has Okay. He has to look after his father's beloved orangutans. Okay, the father loved these orangutans. But he's got to take care of them for 5 years and no harm must become them. Then he will inherit 5 million dollars. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so Tony Danza is the son. To- uh, Danny DeVito is the uh, ha- the the ape handler, the orangutan handler, who now comes part of the deal to help him. So you go. That is a ridiculously eighties plot. Even more ridiculous. Yeah. If he doesn't look after the apes, right? Um, yeah. The money will go to a zoological society instead. Five million dollars. That's a lot of money. The zoological society hires hitmen to come and kill one of the apes. <laughs> <laughs> so that they can get the money. <laughs> oh my God. Okay. This is the plot of the movie. So it stars Tony Danza, 
um, Danny DeVito. And again, another Arrested Development, uh, Jessica Walter, who plays the mom in um, Arrested Development. Oh, wow. She, okay. She's in it. How have I never heard of this movie? Dory, I love this movie. <laughs> As a kid, I freaking love this movie because <laughs> I didn't know... Like Tony, De- Tony, uh, Danny DeVito was hilarious in the eighties because he was so small and weird. Like we just found that hilarious. Yeah. And then Tony yeah. Danza was like, "Oh, that's the who's the boss guy," but the orangutans are phenomenal actors and actresses. I don't know if we can, you know, the yeah. the kid in me in the eighties watch, and I wouldn't have watched. It came out in nineteen eighty one. I wouldn't have watched it when it first came out. I probably watched it years later. I uh-huh. goddamn loved this movie. <laughs> Because of the orangutans, <laughs> they were so funny. <laughs> I could not get. I mean, of them. would it still be funny now? I, I doubt it by like a billion times. Like, I mean, <laughs> unless you have no, I I think. Listen, Tony Danza is super young, and Danny DeVito's got ridiculous hair in it. So I think it could. There is a novelty in it. Um, there is always mm. something funny. And I mean, I think it's so funny when they train orangutans to kiss people. Um, I think yes. that's, you know, that's comedy gold. Um, but just... But is it is it the same orangutan, or at least one of them, the same same orangutan from that Clint Eastwood movie? Any which way but lose. No, uh, I, yeah. I could yes. not find that out. I could not find out if uh, any of them... Because the how many brain. trained orangutans were there at the time? A lot, Dory, because... I think there, there was a huge it's market so of trained orangutans and chimpanzees in the 80s. Because, I mean, yeah, you have three years apart, two orangutan-themed movies. I mean, I probably watched them too. I'm just looking. Every Which Way But Loose was, in, was released in 1978. Yeah. So it could definitely have been maybe the same one. Uh, listen, mm-hmm. I could not find that, that the, the orangutans. I mean, listen, there's no IMDb for apes. Um, so... <laughs> Maybe there's a gap. Was it literally not even on the credits? The the, the monkeys didn't even get credits. That's you know so, what? So I'm going to look into that. I'm going to post the follow up on that <laughs> 80 Show SA Facebook page. We're going to do some goddamn research for a change. Um, <laughs> I'm going to, listen. I want to know which ape we're talking about. <laughs> okay, ape, ape MBD, ape MDB. Um, we're going to find out if the apes are the same. But um, a young 80s child called Palu with his chips helmet. Uh, was mm-hmm. loving that movie because, firstly, the apes occasionally wore nappies, which is hilarious. Uh, it's gross. Fun. It's hilarious. And yeah. an orangutan kisses a person. And also, as a person who suffered uh, hair loss very early in his life, orangutan comb-overs, they're a weird thing uh, to see. <laughs> because they actually know, have you ever seen orangutans? They actually, because they lose their hair very early. They have pattern baldness. Mm-hmm. And then they okay. they comb the hair over. It's it's a hilarious thing. Um, so all around, uh, Paolo loves apes and ape movies, and that is a movie called Going Ape. So Sing One well, and Sing Two, there is a gorilla character, and Going yeah. Ape, there are apes, orangutans, um, as you're obliged to say them. Yes. Um, so some, some good uh, some good crossover, some good Venn diagram stuff happening there. Yes. Is going ape got an uh, exclamation mark at the end? Yes. Is it just go- going? Yeah, because I can't imagine it just being going ape. No, going ape. Let's be going ape. Going ape. That's, <laughs> that's it. That's the movie. Okay. <laughs> cool. I don't watch critical. I honestly movie. don't know this movie. I, I definitely haven't seen no, it. No, I don't watch it. I don't watch Tetris. 
I, I, I don't watch Cocaine Bear, um, but I will watch Cocaine Bear. Oh, have you still not watched Cocaine Bear? No, no. You had a whole Easter weekend to do it. But but if you see how don't tight Tony Danza's white shirt is in this movie, yeah. you won't blame me. Tight. Tight. Wait. <laughs> uh, Dory, I skipped over. So, so that's some movie recommendations. Uh, that Eddie Show essay mm-hmm. page will post up some uh, trailers yeah. and a little bit of content from there. Dory, uh, I missed a story from you that I also saw. Um, ah. We skipped over in the beginning. Let's jump back to that. I have a take on this, but but let's hear what the story is first. Do you? So <laughs> there's, a, there's a thing about people get married very young in America. Like, not so much other places in the world. Celebrity. But in America, people see... Sorry. No, people in general. Really? People in general get married very young in America. I think a large contingent of it is people who are very religious and are saving themselves for marriage. So they're like, okay, I'm 18, had enough of saving myself, let's do it. There's a lot of that Uh, because America's very Christian, very religious. Bible Belt stuff. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, and the whole purity, mm-hmm. what was the purity ring thing where they would yeah. wear these rings to say, yes, I'm saving this. Yeah. Anyway, so a lot of normal people get married very young in America. Okay. But I was very surprised to see that a rather young celebrity announced her engagement this this past week. Millie Bobby Brown, uh, who is, you mentioned Stranger Things earlier, mm-hmm. She is L11 from Stranger Things, is engaged to John Bon Jovi's son, who yeah. is, can I just say, beautiful. He is a beautiful man. Oh my God. He he is. I think what, yeah. So it's, uh, that's, they've been dating for ages. Um, they had, they, well, no, they've been together two and a half years. I suppose that is ages in, in the celebrity world. In, in young celebrity world, um, that is mm. ages. He is only 20. Yeah. She is 19 and he is 20 and they are engaged. Dory. And how I'm optimistic. Think? I'm hoping it works. Oh, really? You're optimistic? No, I think this is, I think they're going to give love a bad name. And um, I, oh, think, no. <laughs> I think that one of them will probably run away within 18 months of this, uh, of this union. <laughs> oh, and then, and then, hopefully, uh, we don't find any of them dead or alive. Um, no, we find them alive, and hopefully not dead. But um, this will, this will. I'm be- living on a prayer, dude. I'm living on really? a prayer that this is going to work. Oh no, so this, I am- this is going to end. It in- could be. It could be a bed of roses. It <clears> could <throat> be. <laughs> oh God damn it, Dory! This is going to end in tears. <laughs> this um. This union. Come on. It's not just that they're celebrities. At nineteen twenty, you do not get married. I mean, you know, like, I know that they won't have, like, the financial pressures. They probably do live together. Like, so, those kind of things. Yeah. But, I mean, it's yeah. just. And also, I mean, she's ridiculously more successful than he is. I mean, his father's Bon Jovi. He's not Bon Jovi. You know what I mean? Like, what, He's living in his father's shadows. You know, he's just always the son oh. of legendary singer Bon Jovi. Absolutely. I mean, I had no idea he existed before this. Really? Honestly. Dory, I've, I've, no men- idea. I've mentioned it before. I've mentioned it before. I follow this. Maybe. Yeah. Google alerts, Dory. In, in a conversation where you were like, hey, this celebrity's son is actually really good looking compared to somebody else who we spoke about earlier on the show. But we won't, we won't, we won't reference that. But, 
And I was talking about it like probably 30 minutes ago. I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> no idea. I mean, so I was like, yeah, they referenced lyrics from Taylor Swift in their like, you. I don't know, announcement. Uh, and I was like, bleh, bleh, vomit. But you know what? Shame. Sweet. Okay. But yeah, maybe it'll surprise us, dude. Maybe they will laugh and they'll have kids and they'll be happy. Listen, today for long. I don't know. We we've spoken about Rob Lowe and him and his wife have been together for absolute ever, as well as Jason That's Bateman true. and his wife. They've been together forever. Yes. So exactly. You know, but so. they did get together a little when they're a little bit older. Yeah. To be fair, I don't know. Um, but yeah. look, good good luck to them. What do I know? Um, it's just weird. George Michael's mansion, Dory. George Michael's George mansion. Michael's mansion. George Michael's Sydney mansion, his five-bedroom Sydney hideaway with stunning ocean views, sells for a record price just 37 days after it went on the market. It was sold in 2020 for $5.8 million. It did you buy it? I did. I did. <laughs> you were the secret bidder. <laughs> um, I am the secret bidder. You know, George Michael has, what I love about this is George Michael has not owned this mansion for years, but it's still, um, it's still called his mansion. It's his mansion. Allegedly, I don't even know this, he fell in love with Australia um, when he went to a rehab clinic in uh, Sydney, in Byron Bay uh, in 2013. So, and then he just loved and fell in love with Australia and bought this this house back then. Um, I look at uh, pictures. It's disappointing. Don't even bother. I'm not going to even post this link because there is not one bit of George Michael paraphernalia um, in in this house. Well, what's the point? I mean, it's very pretty, though. Beautiful, but not even a piano. It's a beautiful house. Not even a piano. Not yeah. even. <laughs> not even the stripper pole from the Careless Whisper video that he like hung on to. That's not even there. Not a saxophone. <laughs> Um, so there's no evidence that sure. George Michael. That is a house that I mean, no curtains. I swear, oh, there are curtains, but like I mean, so much window, yeah. so many windows. Yeah, beautiful view of the sea. This I is, mean, you know, if money was no object. Well, I mean, doesn't yeah. six? How much they sell it for? Six million Australian dollars, which is close on a hundred million rand, I think. I don't know what the exchange rate is. They try to they try to sell it for fifteen million dollars. Um, I assume this is all listed in Australian dollars. Um, well, so but you say about the no curtains, lots of windows. The reason a house like this, you want to be seen. Like I don't want. I want. I'm not. Even, I'm walking around nude, bathrobe minimum. <laughs> like I want people to see me in George Michael's six million dollar house. <laughs> That's where I want to be. Um, but okay. they missed, they missed a trick in this article, which I rectified in our running order. Um, they should uh. have called it "I'm your man, Shin," and uh, they didn't. And that's just poor, poor form. I mean, that is copywriting gold. Well done, you thank win. You. Thank you. Well done. That that is. Uh. Um, Dory, uh, yet another week in the 1980s has flown by. Um, so many things we spoke about today. We were sidetracked completely by Jay Bay asking, how did Rob Lowe get away with uh, being a naughty boy? But, um, you know, cancel culture didn't exist in the 80s. Or we would have missed so many such so many great like, characters from Rob Lowe over the years. 
um, Beetlejuice factoids, monkey-based movies. And but listen, we got we had so much content in today's show. We had to leave stuff out because of Jason Bateman. That's what happens. Yeah, Jason Bateman showed yeah. up. You just you just um, you just get sidetracked. And, and listen, I'm very pleased with that. Uh, I got to be honest, I'm very pleased with the Millie Bobby Brown and Bon Jovi, which makes you think. Imagine Bobby Brown and Bon Jovi getting married. That's an '80s headline. That that would have been an '80s story. But um, it allowed us to do such great Bon Jovi-related puns, which I did not expect. I, we didn't prep that. It just happened. And no. I'm really pleased with that. Um, but, Dari, anything from today that stands out that you go, like, that was my favorite moment of today? <laughs> favorite moments. So many. But, I mean, I'll tell you something I learned today that I didn't know, that you didn't even mention. It was one of the, the Beetlejuice facts that you didn't mention, is that Angelica Houston was originally cast to play um, the one that not not um not the main role. Yeah, the sister, sister. Yes, or she would have been one of them. Yes, the sister, the aunt, or whatever. She was gonna she was gonna be the aunt. Which you know, I, I think no, I think I think Angelica Houston is is Adam's family, and Catherine. I think it was Catherine O'Hara is Angelica's. It makes yeah, you wonder yeah. would she then have been cast in the Adams family because she would have been on army cast top cast in these kind of gothic exactly movies. and then we would not have had Morticia Adams which is one of the most beautiful things she's ever done exactly so I'm glad it worked out that way she became ill and couldn't do the role or something iconic role uh, question way. in this Netflix remake Wednesday Angelica Houston was in it right she did play no no nope. it wasn't. Wasn't it? I did see. I it did see. What, I did what see. Tisha was in it, but it was played oh. by um, Catherine Zeta-Jones. Yes, that's right. Ageless. Yes, ageless, ageless Catherine Zeta-Jones. She did a great job as well. Yeah, great job. I just I watched ten minutes. I don't know. Um, this has been that eighty show. Really? Uh, I did. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> it, I'm not. I shouldn't. Well, I shouldn't be the demographic for Wednesday. I shouldn't. I, I just shouldn't be. It should. It should not appeal to me, which is quite. It's fun. enjoyable. Is quite it's enjoyable. Right. Your kid would enjoy it. You should watch with your kid. Not enough action. I told you I've already explained this. <laughs> She's There's Tom a Cruise. fair amount of action. Tom Cruise Maverick. That's what she wants airplanes. She, she wants air, She wants fighter pilots. I still haven't watched that. I still haven't watched that, I have to say. So much but I'll get to content. It. Everything we spoke about on the show today, <laughs> that 80 Show SA on Facebook. Give it a like. Thanks for joining me, Doria. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.